Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 65 of the IT Career Energizer, a weekly podcast where I chat with inspiring IT professionals, consultants and experts from around the world. To find out more about the podcast, visit itcareerenergizer.com. And remember to subscribe to get new episodes automatically downloaded to your device. And now let's chat with today's featured guest, Nikki Watt. Nikki is an experienced software engineer and consultant and is currently the Chief Technical Officer at Open Credo. She can be seen speaking at various conferences and is also co-author of the Graph Database book, Neo4j in Action. So Nikki, can I ask you to expand on that brief introduction and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Um, So first of all, thanks very much for inviting me. I guess I've had a, a bit of a varied career I'm one of those people that uh, didn't actually go to university. So to a large degree, I'm, I'm self-taught. I learned most things through a combination of sort of hard grafting, research and experience on the job, but also quite a lot from some really great colleagues that I've been privileged enough to sort of work with and have really kind of helped me along the way. Background-wise, I started primarily as a developer and an engineer, mostly in the enterprise Java space. I've worked across a a broad range of industries, so that's spanned banking, retail, entertainment, and it's mostly sort of involved helping people to build large back-end web and e-commerce type platforms. I think what I have found as my career has progressed along, and I think actually uh, prior to working at Open Credo, I worked at Sony Computer Entertainment Europe, which are the makers of PlayStation. What I found there was that my roles really started to evolve from a pure developer sort of focus to ones which started taking on a more broader senior engineering and architectural type responsibilities. So as a result, I I landed up working on all aspects of solution delivery there. So starting from the architecture and the design, I landed up doing the development, looking at security, databases, data modeling, the whole lot basically. And I think it was really at this point in time that I started to appreciate and see that the problems and solutions that needed to be tackled would have to happen from multiple different angles and not just from a pure software developer's perspective, which is where I'd sort of originally started. So do those changes give you a new perspective on software development and a reason for producing systems? Yes. So I think it really allowed me to see how it fits in the broader picture. So one thing for certain, I became far more sympathetic towards the operational concerns and appreciation for how my good code or bad code in in some instances would actually impact the, the operational people and actually having to sort of run that. So you certainly got a better appreciation for that as part of that. But I currently, I, I work at Open Credo. Open Credo is a, a hands-on software engineering consultancy. So we try to help organizations to pragmatically adapt and adopt emerging technologies to solve business problems. So as a result, I've landed up working on a number of quite interesting and sort of challenging projects across quite a, a broad range of areas. Um, and this has included um, distributed systems, cloud, containers, 
I've worked in the data engineering space and also the DevOps space as well. So yeah, so I've been with OpenCredo for six years, originally as a um, senior, then a lead consultant, and I've been the CTO there for just under a year now. I've had to ask the question about R&D. Is that a particular focus for OpenCredo? It is, actually, because um, part of what we try to do is look out onto the sort of horizon and see what are some of the sort of interesting technologies and things that are coming up. And then we try to um, actually give our people time and effort to kind of research them, get up to speed so that when they do become a little bit more mainstream, we've actually got some of the experience and been there and done that to actually kind of help our clients. And it's something, for example, we did that with Cassandra. So before it became quite uh, popular, we, we spent quite a lot of time actually investing in sort of researching and spending time and trying to build systems with it. And then as a result, we, we do quite a bit of work in that area. Nikki, can you maybe share a career tip that you feel somebody early in their career ought to know about? I've been around for a while and I've built up some opinions as to what I feel sort of works for me and also what didn't. So I probably have two tips actually in this section. One is a technical one and one is a non-technical tip, but both of them can probably be summed up by saying, learn to value the right thing and play the long game. So what I mean by that is the first one is a technical tip. And I'd say if you are trying to maximize your learning in the long run, you should really try to prioritize learning foundational concepts over rather the sort of latest fads or just the technical trendy things that are out there at the moment. So it generally takes, I think, a lot of time and effort nowadays to sort of learn things. And there's so many opportunities out there and so many different things to learn about. You really want to optimize this. And you can simply learn the basics for how a new piece of technology works, and that will get you off the ground quite quickly, and it's valuable. But I think in the long run, I would say it's better to choose a focus on learning foundational concepts and principles first, if you can. And the reason I say this is because when you understand foundational principles, it makes it easier for you to learn and recognize and reason about other similar problems that you may encounter later on. And also when the next sort of trendy tech comes along, and they come along at a a rate of knots nowadays, you have a solid basis for actually comparing things, uh, which I think will ultimately help to shorten the learning cycle and make you a better engineer in the process. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I think understanding the principles first, and then you can apply those principles to whatever comes along. Yeah, I mean, for me, that a concrete example is, you know, when I started my career, the sort of only databases that were around at that time were sort of relational databases. But over time, there was this explosion of various NoSQL databases, which came onto the market to address new challenges. And at the time, I was actually on a project which needed to look at, um, it was Neo4j, which was the graph database, and Cassandra, which is the columnar store. And at that point in time, I could have just learned the basics that I needed to learn for my project, and that would have done me fine. But um, I chose to take the time to actually look and try and understand why do we even need different data models for different problems, and why is a graph model more suited to one problem compared to maybe another one? And that really allowed me to build up a picture of and a sense of when to use different databases to solve different types of problems, which was something really helped me in some of the later projects when I, um, I instinctively 
could sort of come across a, a situation and say, well, that's very similar actually to what I encountered there because the principle was the same. And even though the technology is slightly different, it allowed me to apply that in a common way. Nikki, can you maybe tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? So I, I listened to some of the other people on your um, podcast, and I think I've, I've also been in the places where I've had um, a few technical clangers, like um, dropping databases or two that I probably shouldn't have. But I think the moment I, I pick here is actually something that happened on quite early in my career. And I essentially landed up having to, I think, get a hard truth delivered to me by one of my close uh, colleagues and friends. Um, I was actually working in a, a bank and I was doing some R&D and building out a transaction processing uh, proof of concept framework in Java. And I was pretty chuffed with myself at the time because I'd landed up teaching myself Java. I'd kind of done the certification and I'd also figured out how to connect this thing up to the mainframe, which for me at the time was no sort of small feat. And um, I was at lunch with my friend uh, who was telling about my sort of glorious achievements um, having informed some of my other colleagues that my version of this proof of concept was probably the best one. And she turned around to me and she said, Nikki, I, I kind of need to tell you something. And I can't remember her exact words, but it was something along the lines of, you know, you've, you've actually become a little bit sort of cocky and arrogant and uh, people are getting a little bit annoyed in terms of sort of working with you. And I think that for me, my ego took a massive pop at that point when I think I realized, you know, I'd kind of let things get to my head uh, a little bit. So for me, it was, uh, I think, a big lesson in humility, but uh, something that I, I look back on and I try to ensure that I, I don't land up doing that uh, to people moving forward. Indeed, yes. <laughs> um, so moving away from your worst IT career moment, can you maybe tell us about your career highlight or greatest success? To be honest, getting the job with Open Credo really opened up a, a lot of doors for me. I was specifically looking to make a significant step change in my career. I really wanted to learn new technologies. I wanted to challenge myself in getting different skills and being able to speak at conferences and write books and things. But I really didn't have the, the skills to begin with to actually do that. But I landed up getting the job anyway and um, had massive imposter syndrome uh, in the beginning. But it really afforded me the opportunity to do exactly the things that I had been uh, looking to do. So, for example, I speak on the conference circuit now. So I was very much looking to try and share my knowledge and experience. And I've been able to do that. I'm also the co-author of the book Neo4j in Action. So writing a book was something I was, I was quite keen to do. And uh, I think also becoming the CTO at Open Credo is also um, something which I'm, I'm quite proud of. So Open Credo, I guess the opportunity there has uh, allowed me to do all of these things. Can you maybe tell us about what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT? So firstly, I think it's great to see just how much more open it is for people who want to get started uh, in the industry. So I think IT is now within the grasp of many more people compared to what it was previously. So I don't think you necessarily need you know, a formal degree to, to get started. Um, and if you have a look at the sort of sheer volume of online courses, the meetups, the conferences, and I think the ability to self-learn is really contributing to making it accessible to a lot more people than it ever was. 
Um, there's also a lot of great communities out there that are really very open and, and willing to help anyone with, a, I think, a desire to learn. And I think secondly, I'd, I'd also say you will never get bored. There is so much innovation happening in IT and it's happening at such a fast pace. The hard thing is really to try and focus on, on what it is you, you want to really put your effort into. I think you're right there. Are there any particular technologies or, or directions that, that particularly interest you? Mm-hmm. Yes. So there are some that are maybe a little closer to what I'm doing at the moment and some that are a little bit further out. So one of the things that I think I'm finding quite um, interesting at the moment is the whole set of streaming systems and the innovation that's happening there. So being able to more easily process real-time data in new and interesting ways is something that I think is becoming a lot more sort of prominent. So things like Kafka and you've got Kinesis in the sort of Amazon space as well. But even within that space, I think there are really interesting developments, for example, things like streaming SQL. So this is something which looks to bring together two previously very separate worlds. So the sort of SQL world, which is based more on static data and uh, the relational world. And then you have the streaming world where you have real-time data streaming in and streaming SQL tries to bring that together. And I think it's a really interesting space because it's it's trying to make things easier for developers to be able to handle and execute complex real-time business queries, but maybe in a way that's a little bit more familiar to them through something like SQL. So on the sort of near-term uh, side of things, I think streaming systems and um, streaming SQL is something that's quite sort of impressive. A little bit further out, I would say blockchain actually is something which... Not necessarily Bitcoin per se, but I think blockchain, which is the distributed ledger which which sits behind Bitcoin, I think really stands poised to usher in a new era for us in terms of the way that we work and and we build systems. I think it's nowhere near being adopted in any great sort of numbers at present, but I really think that is a space to watch because I think it could really change the way we build systems moving forward. I think that will be interesting to watch over the coming years in terms of the way technology will potentially influence economies and business transactions and so forth. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the interesting thing with blockchain as well is that you have this decentralized system where parties don't necessarily have to trust each other as, as much. And I think uh, we're certainly in a, in a world where that's becoming more and more required. We're going to go into the reveal round now. Are you ready for this? I am, Yes. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? I've really been interested in programming and technology from quite an early age. So my, my dad actually landed up buying, it was a ZX Spectrum at the time, and uh, he brought that, that home and I started uh, playing with that. And I was pretty much hooked from then, to be honest. Um, I, I kind of realized that I really enjoyed um, the sort of problem solving and um, a programming side of things. What is the best career advice you've ever received? It's probably that you're not going to know all the answers and it's actually okay to admit that. So I think especially in a consultancy, when I started out in my consultancy career, I felt like when I went to a client, I'm supposed to be the one who knows everything because I'm the expert and it was not okay for me to not have the answers. But I think as you sort of go on, you realize that that's not the case. And the advice to me was really that you don't need to have all the answers and it's okay to admit it. And people are generally all right with that. I think 
you know, when you're authentic and try to be honest with people, that certainly trumps trying to portray uh, a lot of knowledge. There's a lot of smart people, which uh, in my current consultancy, I can refer to and always, you know, generally kind of say, I've got some people I can uh, refer the problem back to if need be, or just go and actually have a a look later to sort of uh, read up on things. And people are generally fine with that. If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? I would probably try and find a small company where I could really focus on learning and try and find people that were really kind of willing to teach and not just kind of tell me how to do things. I think a small company is the right type of place where you can foster attitudes of good kind of learning attitude and culture. It's not to say that you can't get that in a big organization, but I think trying to find a small company that will make that a a priority for you will allow you to grow the most in your career. What career objectives are you currently focusing on? I've only been the CTO at um, Open Credo for less than a year now. So I think to a certain extent, there's a bit of uh, consolidation there and um, really just trying to figure out how to balance things. So I've been very technically focused before and there's obviously a lot more uh, management side of things to my, my current role. And it's just trying to find that balance. I think for the moment, it's, it's just trying to make sure that I do that job really well. <laughs> What's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? I think it's basically been able to explain things to people. Whether you are talking to a developer or whether you're talking to a CTO, being able to actually explain things in, in people's language that they understand is, is something which I found has been really helpful. I personally find that trying to use analogies is actually a really good way of, of doing that. So if you can find some kind of example in the real world which can illustrate or define a, a problem sort of well, I find that that's really a, a helpful way to try and get people to understand problems. Yeah. Nikki, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the audience? You know, if I look at my career, I certainly wouldn't have gotten to where I have without a lot of help, uh, sort of time and opportunities that were afforded to me by some very patient and generous colleagues along the way, um, some of whom went out of their way to uh, help and, and teach me. There's a saying in the Bible which goes like, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And I think if you want people to teach you and train you and mentor you, you should also look to take the opportunity to try and uh, invest time back into others. So teaching them, maybe speaking at conferences, helping out in, in communities. I guess pay it forward, really, and um, hopefully you'll also benefit in the process. Yeah. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and potentially connect with you? I have some accounts on uh, LinkedIn and um, Twitter. Twitter is probably the best way uh, to get hold of me. Um, Although, if I'm honest, I'm probably not the most prolific social media user, Um, but I think Twitter is probably the best. Nikki, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you very much for having me. My thanks to Nikki for being my guest on today's show. You can find full show notes on the website at itcareerenergizer.com slash e65. In next week's episode, I'll be talking with Sean Rakowski who is a software developer with Goldview Technologies. If you haven't done so already, please remember to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or whichever streaming service you're using to listen. Thanks again for listening, 
And remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.